Patrick Fendaro here with Franchise Finding Season 2. Together with my brother Jack, we're going to be going through some of the largest franchises as well as up-and-coming franchises to see if they're a good investment. We look at the franchise costs, the revenue, historical profits, failure rate, and other really important metrics to consider before Awesome. Uh, well, franchise. thank you so much for uh, watching this video. So if you're looking and, uh, to buy a franchise or think about club. a startup um, or an existing business, listen to our podcast as with little time, um, you know, you'll be able to evaluate like. a franchise is the right years. entrepreneurial uh, so path So we span all age groups. Uh, we work with students as young as four and a half years old. Um, or four, depending on their ability to, uh, you know, be focused and actually conduct a tutoring session with one of our instructors, all the way up to 18 years old, you know, doing college applications and getting ready to go off to that next level of education. So, um, you know, it sounds funny to say, but tutoring club as an opportunity is kind of a, a special in the sense that we span all age ranges and we literally do all subjects. So if you're looking within the education industry, it's quite likely that you've stumbled upon, you know, some other names and those names tend to focus either on one subject or one subject discipline or one age group. Um, and we find that because, of course, many families with one child have two or three or six. Um, the fact that we can cater to the needs of the entire family um, really helps in many ways. But client longevity um, is one of the biggest parts of our business because when we help a young student with a particular subject and maybe we bridge a gap that they were struggling with previously, well, the families are usually quite satisfied. And the good thing is there's always another grade level. That is up until they're leaving to college, but there's another grade level, there's another subject that comes up down the road, or there's another sibling either you know in the pipeline, so to speak, or maybe an older student who's finally confronted with the rigors of honors classes in high school. So. As far as what we do, um, as you can hopefully see behind me, uh, we do everything brick and mortar. So you will have a storefront uh, and you know, hopefully a well-trafficked, um, you know, pretty populated shopping center with other things that families tend to go to, you know, a big grocery store, uh, gyms, nail salons, uh, you know, Starbucks, if, if there's one there, that's always good to be by, uh, things of that nature. And in your actual facility, um, you will have tutoring tables, as you can see behind me. What's also a bit unique about what we do is everything is individualized. So what I mean by that is, you know, what you probably think in your head, students get one-to-one -one attention. So if you're a seventh grader working on your algebra class, we will literally help you with your day-to-day -day assignments, get ready for quizzes, and really reteach some of the things that maybe weren't as clear from you being at school that day, if you're the seventh grade student. But at your same learning table, there are going to be two other students. So our ratio of instructor to students is one to three or three students per instructor. That is a maximum. We never go above that. And the majority of your tutoring hours will be conducted in such fashion. We find that, and we have experimented over the many years that tutoring club's been around, um, going on 30 this year actually, uh, with straight one-to-one, -one, we've experimented with large groups with 15 or 20 students in a one-size-fits-all solution for whatever subject it is, and they're just not quite as effective. A lot of times what we found is when it's one-on-one -on -one in particular, which is a very popular buzzword that parents like to throw around, um, when it's strictly one-to-one, -one, your student becomes very reliant on that instructor. And our goal here is to create independence. Our goal is to make it so students can thrive in the classroom without always needing the help 
of that individual who's helping them here in center. So that's why at this table with three students, the students are going to be pretty cohesively working on similar materials. You know, you might have a table that's all math, that's all, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. It might be a table that's all high level science in high school, chemistry, biology, physics, because of course your tutors are going to have certain skill sets and we make sure that they are tutoring their most preferred and skilled skill set. Um, so anyway, when it's one-on-one, -on -one, what happens is the student's just always looking for that reassurance. The tutor has nothing better to do but sit there and watch a student complete a problem. Uh, and they will often stop the student from making a mistake. That would have been a really good teachable moment to make sure they don't do that on an exam at school because the tutor doesn't want to watch the student do the wrong thing for three or four minutes. They stop them before it happens. So that is problematic. We saw when we were doing those strictly one-to-one -one, that the students were not getting results at the level that they do get the results where they get that individual attention, but then there is a component of their time here with us, which is usually one or two hour sessions, where then they're working independently for a few minutes to make sure, can they do it alone? Can they do it now that they've been shown the right way when they get to the classroom? So as far as everything's concerned, um, again, all subjects, all grade levels, um, there are kind of two main facets of tutoring club as a business, and that would be one, our own proprietary curricula. So reading, writing, math, science or STEM activities, SAT, ACT. We have programs. We have a curriculum in a unique way that we go through that uh, program in terms of methodology to actually help independent of the school students improve their skill sets. So if your student is not you know, excelling with reading comprehension. We have something for that, whether they're a second grader or they're a ninth grader getting ready to enter honors English in high school. If your student needs better approaches to developing essays in middle school, when that becomes pretty important, we have programs for that. But the second part of our business is that we literally help with the school day-to-day -day activities. So once students reach 10th, 11th, and especially 12th grade, utilizing our curriculum is not quite as attractive as us helping you prepare for your AP calculus test coming up or us helping clarify some things for your Spanish three exam in school. Because at the end of the day, when you reach that age, grades are critically important. And in a society in the US here where everything is predicated on what's the best college university that my student can get into and how do I get them there? How do I give them every advantage over some of their peers? Um, that's very attractive. The fact that we will literally dedicate ourselves to helping with a student's unique school course schedule, all that, and their unique skill set as it stands. So, you know, we have a solution for everything, whether that's improving independent of school. And actually, this may surprise you, summer is one of our best times financially. Uh, so that's why having your own curriculum is very important. Uh, and then also when the school demands arise, being able to address that head on uh, is super key. Um, how we tend to do business is families will come in and meet with us. Students generally will take an assessment or a diagnostic test for us to identify their unique strengths, maybe weaknesses or opportunities for improvement. And what we'll do there is have a discussion with the family about the goals for their student and really go pretty in depth and then come up with a game plan. Maybe that game plans for working with your student for eight months. Maybe that student's going to come in three or four days every week for eight or nine months for the school year. Or maybe it's something where we're looking ahead to the following year during the summer. So using the summer as a time to you know, jump ahead in some of these skill sets. Regardless of the situation, we'll propose a number of sessions that's going to help uh, accomplish whatever goal is at hand. 
Uh, and parents usually will pay for that in one of two ways. They'll either pay upfront for all the services, that's nice, um, just as far as cash flow is concerned for your business, uh, and as far as like a commitment from the family to make sure they do, you know, attend the certain number of sessions each week as we had intended. Um, that happens very, very well when somebody has prepaid for their services. The other thing is that we offer payment plans. So families can pay $250, $350, $450 per month, depending on the number of times their students coming in. Um, but with our special program here, uh, you will net the majority of those proceeds of all those payments for you know six months or 12 months, however long we've established the payment schedule, all up front. So those are two great opportunities in terms of starting your own business to have immense cash flow while also not having immense or significant expenses. Because if you sign somebody up as a family where the student's going to be coming in for, let's say, a calendar year, you're not tutoring or paying for the labor of the tutors to conduct those sessions of one year in that first month of operation. So you're very clear in terms of cash flow. And of course, over time, things will catch up. If you enroll a whole ton of students in your first three months, six months, year, well, going into year two, you're going to have a whole ton of students that you need to cater to. But the beautiful thing is after being open for about eight, nine months, you now have opportunities for recurring revenue. You're not just, you know, dependent on new families coming in. You'll also have more of that as your name gets out there a bit more and you've done a great job. But you will have an opportunity for the families who committed to you, you in your first month, second month, and you did a great job with, and they're very satisfied to have that family continue with you. You might have kids for two, three years, sometimes real young kids, typically, they'll come, they'll improve, you know, leaps over bounds, and you won't see them for a few years, but they'll come back when they get to middle school, they'll come back when they get to high school, they'll come back when they're applying to college. So really, it's limitless, at least up to the point of going to college, how much opportunity there is to retain your clientele, and of course, just establish a better brand presence in your market and continue doing a great service for the community and getting more calls because of that. Uh, so that's it in a nut uh, nutshell, but uh, happy to answer any questions that you may have for us. For sure, Liam, thanks, thanks again for that really succinct. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Franchise Brokers Association, also known as FBA. They provide custom guidance for franchise buyers in the US. FBA has over 100 certified franchise specialists as part of their network currently working with 350 plus franchise brands. Click the link in the description section to learn how they can help you find the right franchise. FBA has over 15 years of experience. They've placed 2000 plus franchisees across the United States. They take a very personalized approach to selecting and analyzing the best franchise for you. Their approach is also backed by the data that we have at Vetted Biz. So if you're interested in buying or at least exploring a franchise, start your franchise search today with FBA. And again, you can click on the link in the description section for more info. And, uh, you know, well, uh, well communicated summary of Tyrion Club. So Absolutely. I guess the first question that, that I, you know, our clients might ask and that we've seen in the past is uh, just regarding, regarding competition, uh, you know, there's some 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 big names um, that I'll, I'll let you mention. But the question is, uh, who are the competitors, and then how does Tutoring Club differentiate themselves from from the competitors? That's an excellent question, and I love this question. 
Uh, so our, you know, the, the biggest player in the secondary education space or private tutoring space would be Kumon. Um, that's just a, a very well-known name. They've been around a long time and they have tons of locations. Uh, it's very easy for tutoring club to compete with Kumon. In the simple sense, Kumon is not teacher forward. They are not tutor forward. Um, there is not a lot of personal interaction that takes place when students go into a Kumon. And there's an age utility where students don't go to Kumon anymore, where I mentioned that's not the case with us. So with a Kumon, you know, students might go when they're six, seven, eight years old, they learn their times tables and they know how to do division really well because they get a packet and they're forced to do a packet and they turn in the packet and they get a new packet and then they take it home and they have homework. And parents, there's a burnout factor there first. Second, when school actually gets pretty compelling and difficult when they're maybe in fourth grade or fifth grade and they're a little older, this stuff's more challenging, they don't get to have that personal interaction where a tutor is diving in with them for the majority of an hour and really working independently with them on teaching these concepts. Um, secondly, Kumon focuses overwhelmingly on math. Yes, they have reading, but it is not uh, up to snuff, so to speak, uh, at least according to the families who have come over from Kumon's to our centers for many, many years now and talked to us about their experience. So really the biggest difference is client longevity, access to a whole host of different subjects that you can tutor, whether it's our curriculum or school, by the way, Kumon doesn't help directly with school. So there's a big in. Uh, and kids after about eight, nine, 10 years old, they don't go there anymore. They don't want to go there anymore. And the utility that you derive from that service is not quite there. But if you have a super motivated, you know, six or seven year old kid who wants to learn their times tables a yearly, cool. You know, it's not bad. I'd recommend buying probably a, a workbook online and saving yourself the tuition there. Uh, secondly, uh, another big player you might hear of is Mathnasium. Well, frankly, it's very simple. Mathnasium only does math and Mathnasium tends to focus overwhelmingly on their own curriculum. They do bridge the gap and try to attempt to help with some of the middle and high school math and the actual school courses students are engaged in. Their ratios are closer to four to one most of the time. Uh, and one other tidbit is the tutors tend to rotate instead of like students rotating throughout a school day to different classrooms. At Mathnasium, from our understanding, the tutors rotate, you know, two or three times throughout an hour. And the four students sitting at a table are getting these other perspectives, which is cool. But in the span of an hour, having three different tutors try to teach you something that maybe you're struggling to understand isn't terribly effective a, a good deal of the time. Um, so those are the two big names you've probably heard of. Um, but there is a lot of competition, no doubt, um, from your mom pops to your specialists who only focus on college admissions, you know, Solomon admissions or C2 education. They tend to focus on the SAT and college planning overwhelmingly. The problem with that is the biggest public school system in the United States, the University of California system with nine campuses, they have said, we're going test blind. We're not going to consider SATs or ACTs. So that's a huge hit if your business is overwhelmingly dependent on that. Tutoring club, like I mentioned, we have an SAT and an ACT program, and it makes up less than percent of overall average revenues. But it's certainly a nice boost when you have a high school student coming in for help. Uh, that you can if they're not just applying to University of California schools, which probably is the case, especially if your center is located out of the state of California. Uh, a lot of schools still do consider that. Um, so I would say those are kind of the big boys, big gals, so to speak. For sure. For sure. Really, really appreciate that uh, as well. That insights, those insights, Liam. Um, so 
another question I had is if someone's going to be uh, an owner operator, uh, what are their, what's the main responsibilities or functions that they focus on when they open up their business? Relationships, relationships, relationships. That's, that's everything. Um, and I guess one thing that I should probably mention that I did not is we are a franchisor collectively myself and my two partners that were franchisees of tutoring club. Um, collectively, we, between the three of us, have 14 centers that we oversee and we employ directors. So in the context of owner operator, we understand this world very well. And I will tell you from personal experience, my two partners will tell you from their personal experiences that you being the face of your facility, you being the one that creates the culture of your center and make sure that you're out there and have a good energy about you. That's the most important thing. So really during the after school hours, when kids are coming in during a school year cycle, um, you know, you're going to see parents, you're going to see uh, your students that you've enrolled coming in for their sessions. Some kids maybe not having a good day. Some are having a great day, meeting them where they are and really just getting them to dial in and focus in this fun environment. That's everything. And those relationships, of course, are crafted after you enroll students. One element of your job that is quite critical, um, obviously, is you have to enroll those students in the first place in order to be the face and the energy of your place. So really having quality conversations with families, um, really diving in and not just understanding, oh, you know, Johnny tested two grade levels below. Yeah, that's important for certain things. And we do address that and we train you on how to address that. But more than anything, trying to understand the whole family dynamic and what they're truly looking for for their student and not try to fit them into a rigid box, but figure out how to craft a custom game plan for this family in order to achieve everything they're looking to achieve. And the good thing is you have all the tools in the world at Tutoring Club to be able to offer different solutions, depending on what the family's needs and goals are for their student to help see that through. So you need to be, you know, have a little bit of charisma. You need to be great at speaking with people or at least very good and we can make you great. Uh, you probably shouldn't be the world's biggest introvert if you're going to be an owner operator. You can be an introvert if you want to hire somebody to serve that kind of sales and that first connection and those conversations and relationships role. But if you're going to be an owner operator, you better like talking to people. And really, if you've had any experience in the business world and sat in a cubicle prior to COVID-19, uh, for most of you probably, and kind of just hated that daily, you know, over and over and over same thing, this is really refreshing. You get to be around kids, all types of kids you know, six-year-olds who are really excited to learn, you know, how to read at a better level, 14-year-olds uh, who are going to high school and trying to navigate that crazy process of which classes to take. And, you know, I'm really eager to go to X university. Can you help me get there? You get to walk around a place like this when tutoring is going on and when these kids are excited and sometimes not as excited, um, but it's really refreshing uh, and really keeps you, I guess, young, so to speak. <laughs> so um, again, owner operator, you, you need to like talking to people. You need to like crafting relationships. That's really the lifeblood of your business. Okay. So talking to people, focusing on relationships. Now, is there a certain type of background that you guys uh, look for out of these uh, franchisees? I will probably say that as far as the franchisee contingent we currently have, we're probably one of the most diverse in terms of the backgrounds that people come from. 
Um, so it, it's pretty cool. But I would say prototypically, um, what we see as a successful client profile, uh, there are two things. One thing I need to point out in the beginning, though, is you do not need to have a teaching credential. You do not need an education degree. That is not at all required. What is required are the things I just mentioned moments ago, if you want to be an owner operator. Uh, so as far as background, what we see as really successful the last few years here is if you have any experience with sales, with working in a business in the capacity that, you know, you've had to be customer forward, customer service experience, that's all phenomenally important. Like I cannot underscore that enough. If you come from any world of that, or let's say you were a general manager of a restaurant or you worked as a bartender, you know, for a number of years, being able to be dealing with customers, granted, it's a whole different base of customers typically than what's coming in here um, and really operate on the fly and just, you know, trying to address things as they're coming up in pretty quick succession. Because like I said, you're going to have a ton of kids in here, assuming obviously this is done well. Uh, and, and at that point, you're going to have a ton of situations that you need to address. And so anything you've dealt with sales, with being customer forward, customer service, um, that's tremendous. So number one on that side. Uh, and I'm sorry, actually, could you repeat um, the, the main part of your question? Oh, the, the backgrounds. So yeah, that's one half of this background. The other half is that you certainly can have a teaching credential. You certainly can come from administration on the education side, or maybe you've always just loved learning. That, that's really it right there. Maybe you're an engineer for 30 years and you decided, okay, well, that was a nice career. I really wanna sink my teeth into something for my community. This is for you then. So a, an interest or a curiosity about learning, whether or not that was formal in terms of education degrees or certifications. Um, really, those are the two predominant backgrounds that we see. So to sum up, business background of some kind, sales or customer service, something of that nature, and or education and or just a really sincere curiosity and love of education. Okay, thanks. Thanks for going over that. It's, it's, it's very helpful uh, for individuals to know, you know, if they have the right background too, uh, not just interest in this, this franchise, but also the right background for it. Uh, now, uh, I think a lot of people also would, would want to better understand how does the uh, employee structure work? I think I can imagine a lot of individuals being afraid of having to have a bunch of tutors. They don't know how to hire tutors, uh, you know, how to find them, et cetera. Uh, what, what can you tell us about that? Sure. So your first year, um, unless you are probably the most successful franchisee to come in this, which I hope you are, but the first year, if you're an owner operator, you will be your company's sole full-time employee. You will employ part-time individuals to serve the role of tutor. Um, in the beginning, you will initially hire two to three instructors. Um, they come from a variety of backgrounds. Some of them, frankly, are and they're usually phenomenal, seniors at their undergraduate institution who are studying something that is super high level and in demand, meaning you're a senior studying biochemistry and you're going to uh, medical school in a couple of years, but you really want to work with kids and this is a good part-time gig while you finish out your undergraduate degree. Number two, teachers, teachers who are looking to pick up some shifts during the week and or retired teachers. You'll find a decent contingent of that. And the description I gave about, you know, for example, a career engineer who wants to own and operate one of these, a lot of times they want to come tutor as well because they love math and they love working with kids because it's very different from their existence previously. So 
how do we find those individuals? Well, there are a number of ways. Uh, number one, we have a preferred partner who works with us on hiring. So you will have access to this platform, which makes your distribution of, hey, I need a math tutor who can do calculus much easier than it would be if you went at it independently and posted on the likes of Indeed or LinkedIn or Google Jobs. Um, this thing basically comprises seven or eight different job boards that are the most trafficked, and it distributes your job opportunities across those platforms. Um, generally, of course, you'll have some spend that you dedicate to finding tutors when you are in need of tutors, um, and, and it tends to run, you know, 30 to $50, and you'll get a healthy amount of resumes, maybe, you know, 14 to 20 resumes at that clip uh, in order to review. Uh, and the great thing is a lot of people are really eager to dive into our world. Like, yeah, it, it's different from something like a Starbucks. It's different from something that's maybe in the food industry. A lot of people truly have a passion or at least a curiosity for wanting to work with students. So we benefit from that. Um, and our hiring team will give you the blueprint, give you the outline, so to speak, of here are the job descriptions exactly, and you're going to take them and do X, Y, and Z with them. And then for your first hiring wave, you're gonna let us know how that goes and we'll be there to assist you and hold your hand as you get more comfortable with this in reality. Oh, one thing actually, as I end on that, um, as I was mentioning, first year, you're your only full-time employee in all likelihood. As you enter year two, two and a half, three, a lot of times your center will grow to the point that you cannot be the only person who's a full-time employee. There's too much to manage in terms of the student schedule, providing progress updates to the families, um, still being the face, being able to field all of the incoming calls or walk-in inquiries that you have. So what generally happens is you will promote one of these tutors to then be either a lead tutor, as we call it, somebody who can take on some of the administrative tasks, or a full-time academic director, somebody who handles almost everything else about your center, except for being the face of the place, answering incoming potential leads, and holding enrollment conferences, and gener generating revenue for your center. So if you eclipse the volume, uh, and there is a critical threshold, let's say you have 100 kids coming in uh, regularly, you know, multiple times a week, that's probably the point where you cannot handle everything. You can't schedule the tutors, you can't schedule the students. And that's when a second close to or genuinely full-time individual would be necessary. So you can focus on continuing to grow your business. Okay, now that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's good for individuals to know kind of how, how the growth uh, process works too as they scale up their operation. Uh, now, another question too, I, I know most people watching this probably it, you know, they might not have any sort of, uh, you know, background, obviously, in the space, or maybe they don't have a background in finding and building out a location. So how does it work? Like, uh, what sort of support does Tutoring Club provide for, for once someone becomes a franchisee uh, for the training and then also for finding and, and building out their location? More than most is the simple answer to that um, in regards to other opportunities. Um, you know, we're actually working with a number of individuals right now as of before this call and after this call that we're having uh, on getting their spaces, you know, built out and whatnot. So to answer simply, um, as far as once somebody decides to move forward and says, this is the opportunity for me, a franchise agreement is signed. At that point, the work begins on finding a leasable brick and mortar space in a retail area. We have, again, I'll keep using the term, 
the blueprint for exactly what we look for in terms of demographics, in terms of visibility, in terms of neighboring shops that you would like to have in your center, uh, number of exterior signs that can basically serve as advertising. We have all of that dialed in. Um, average income per household, number of kids per household, number of schools near you, quality of schools near you, and a whole host of other things I'm not recalling at the second. So we will provide to you exactly that blueprint and say, okay, based on the territory that you've secured, say Dallas, Texas, let's say Miami, Florida, um, you know, here are some subsets or some, you know, townships located within that broader space where this looks to be a really successful tutoring club in the making, um, you know, proximity to freeways and other things will come up too, or main thoroughfare. So, um, you know, we will work with you through that. Uh, a lot of individuals who come on board and are looking to develop their first tutoring club, they will hire a leasing broker, somebody who represents them to then find the best possible spaces that are coming on market. You know, maybe a subway franchise just went under or some other example of a pretty prominent player who had a good space. Leasing brokers are gonna be the ones in the know of what's about to come on market. There are other means that you can go about this with our help and on your own accord. Um, but the beautiful thing about a leasing broker is you don't pay them. The landlord who ultimately is going to be your landlord they pay them uh, when a lease is signed. So we really advise that local knowledge in conjunction with ourselves. So our team, yourself, your leasing broker, we represent a triangle. Everything is going to be three-way communication. So that's text threads, that's email threads, that's Zoom and telephone calls frequently during that process. The leasing broker might bring a few properties to your attention and hey, maybe you live in the area or know the area well that you're looking to go into and you'll have opinions about it. Our team will do our due diligence and say, hey, these two not going to work out. This is a good opportunity. And at that point, we'll help you in terms of crafting your uh, letter of intent, which is what you propose to take a lease space. We will help you in terms of negotiation with the landlord. There's always negotiation. And there are certain things that we really like to work into your lease agreement to make it that much better for you. Um, the beautiful thing is that our build out, our structure is pretty simple. We're not a restaurant. We don't have any heavy machinery. We don't have a ton of corridors or classrooms. Everything is open format like you see behind me. So we have one large room where the tutoring takes place. You then have an office uh, where you'll meet with families and have those private conversations. And next door to your office, you'll have a quiet back room where students can take exams um, and do things that maybe shouldn't be out here on the general tutoring floor. So really, you, you need a couple walls. And most of the spaces you're going to take over already have a bathroom because whatever institution previously uh, had that lease, they had to have a bathroom for their employees or for their customers. So really your ability to get open much more quickly than other concepts, that's there. As far as build out, we have our construction standards and exactly what we're looking for so that your tutoring club looks just like this and your tutoring club will be the same uh, if you were to walk into another franchisee's location across the country. Uh, that's the goal, uniformity and this nice bright space you can see behind me, parents really love. Uh, I think we're very much a premium plus institution in terms of the feel when you come in here. If you go, and I encourage you to, check out some competitors' places. Doesn't look like this. So we'll help you in terms of securing a general contractor who will do your minor build out. Uh, and of course, like I said, we help you with the lease negotiation, securing the space and so on. As far as training, that tends to happen right after you get a lease secured. Since there will be a period of time, usually, you know, five, six, seven weeks uh, of, you know, finding the right person to build out the space, 
accruing the materials, getting the space ready to open for business, that's the time where you'll come out to training. So number one, there's a digital element. You will have one week of digital training. Number two, you will come out to our headquarters in Henderson, Nevada for two weeks. And that's two weeks of consecutive back-to-back weeks in-person tutoring, uh, in-person training, where you'll observe tutoring, you'll observe our different systems. Uh, you'll be trained on anything and everything related to tutoring club that you weren't in the digital environment. And finally, our representatives from our training team come to you for one week. That though happens after you've been open for a little bit of time. We like to take all the theory, all the classroom knowledge you've developed, and we like you to actually open your facility see what the dynamic is of the community, see all those theoretical lessons actually play out in real time. And that way, when we come to you four weeks, five weeks after you've been open, you're that much sharper. And you can say, oh, I, I remember thinking about this in theory and I saw it play out. You know, How would you advise that we go about this differently so that I'm more successful? So four weeks total, one digital, two out with us, one us with you a little bit down the road. Okay, got it. No, that's, that's super helpful to know. It uh, sounds like, you know, they're obviously very good hands. Uh, you guys are experienced. This is what you guys do. Uh, now, let's just say someone uh, watches this video and they say, okay, I'm, at, I'm interested in learning more about Tutoring Club. What are the steps in the process up until then, up until they sign uh, the franchise agreement? How does that process look? They're not just going to sign after watching this video? <laughs> <laughs> some no, some uh, might want to. <laughs> hey, who knows? Uh, yes, you will watch this video. And if you say, hey, this is potentially an opportunity for us, we'll set up a Zoom or otherwise video conference with the representatives from our ownership team, yourself, any other individuals involved. If you're going to have a family member involved, whether it's a, a spouse, a brother, a cousin, a parent as well. Um, and basically just you know talk about anything on your mind. Obviously, you'll have a basic background of how things work. But I'm sure after this video or after you know reading our franchise disclosure document, which is a big element of this, uh, you will have questions. So basically, we'll set up a time. Um, usually, it's an hour to an hour and a half conversation to address whatever's on your mind. Talk more in depth about anything in particular you're curious about, whether that's multi-location, whether it's being passive, whether it's being active, whether it's, oh, I was thinking about this state or this city. What do you guys think of that area? Um, and basically, we'll, we'll talk it through. If it still seems like it's interesting to you, we invite you out for Discovery Day. And frankly, if you're coming from pretty far, Discovery Day and a half. Um, so Henderson, Nevada, again, our headquarters, you'll come out and visit us and spend a day shadowing in an actual learning center. The beautiful thing about our headquarters is we have offices in the back of a real live facility. So you're going to get to see it firsthand. We're not just going to hang out in back offices and talk your ear off. Um, you're going to see our directors. You're going to see our tutors. You're going to see our students and see what a normal day looks like to envision. Could you be happy doing this? Do you feel you could be successful doing this? What does your gut say? Is this the right thing for you? Then you'll go home and think about it some more. You might have a couple more questions. And at that point, usually um, you have come to the arrive, arrival of a decision, either yes or no. Assuming it's yes, we get the franchise agreement drafted for you and uh, you sign and then we proceed with everything else we just talked about. Perfect. Simple. Simple and straightforward. Uh, we try. Okay. <laughs> so, so with that, I, I don't have any other questions on my end. I don't know if there's any other points you, you wanted to go over at this time. Um, yeah, I'd say just one more thing. Um, and I don't know if um, maybe we'll add this, but um, really important to know, franchise fee. It's 34,000 
$500. There is also an equipment package startup. So basically everything you see behind me to furnish your center and allow you to open for business and look just like a tutoring club, that is $20,000. So combine the two upfront you know, fees that you have to have in mind when opening a tutoring club are those two, 34,500, 20,000. So combined 54,500 is kind of your bulk investment. Um, from there, there's going to be some variable expense. You know, what is your ultimate lease rate? When securing a lease space, typically you'll have to pay like two months rent to actually lock it down. So let's just say that's 8,000 or $10,000 for two months worth of rent. Um, you'll have a slight variable cost on how much it costs to build out your center. And general contractors will give you a range there. Uh, you'll have to set up utilities, just like leasing an apartment or getting a new home that you own. That's a few hundred bucks uh, to get set up. So you'll see in our franchise disclosure document the range of cost, but I'm confident what you find is very compelling in terms of total investment. And that would be from the medium to high five figures to the very low six figures. Um, and there's a very precise methodology that's included in the franchise disclosure document for you to see that. Um, the other thing is ongoing fees. We are 11% all in. And if you're a veteran of looking at franchises, you'll know what that means. Um, but if you're not, that's okay too. And what that means is on an ongoing basis, 10% of your gross revenue each month is a royalty fee. So that's something that goes to tutoring club. And then there is a 1% brand fund fee. Um, what you will see, especially in the education space, when you're looking at some of these other options, um, Sylvan, for example, that's one I didn't mention before, you're gonna be closer to 16 to 18% of your gross monthly revenue going to them. In our case, it's going to be 11%. And you will find that that is very competitive. Uh, by the way, a national brand fund is just something where you know 1% of everybody's revenue is dumped in, and therefore it allows for updating of branding, uh, making sure you know the words getting out there about tutoring club, providing general advertising for the brand across the board. We just shot a commercial. It's gonna be really cool. Hopefully you see it. Um, and, and things of that nature. So again, 34,500 for the franchise fee, 20,000 for all the equipment, the book series, the curricula that you're gonna need to get up and running. Uh, and then 11% total, 10% royalty, 1% brand fund, contributions on a monthly basis ongoing. Um, so outside of that, um, I guess the last thing, and I don't wanna you know, get too in the weeds here, um, but we have two proprietary systems that give us distinct advantages over our competition. Number one, it's going to be what we call TutorAid. Uh, it's basically the education brain that makes educational decisions on your behalf. So for those of you coming from a non-education background, don't worry. When a student is going through our reading curriculum, when they're going through our math curriculum, again, the curricula that we proprietarily have, it's going to basically be a system where they do some exercises, you update the score of how that student did on that exercise, and then the computer system called TutorAid uh, is going to then generate the next set of lessons for the student. There's an algorithm in there that understands based on performance, what exercises that student should see next in order to develop their skills. And the last thing that's proprietary that we really, really value is we have our own CRM, customer relationship management system. So to run your business, to understand your key you know, metrics, uh, as far as where did people hear about you? What's your average enrollment in terms of number of sessions? Um, you know, how many times has a particular student come in? Who's getting close to the end of their membership and we should reach out about a subsequent transaction? All those things are conducted on our own platform. You will be trained on that. 
you will grow to love it. It's not as you know intimidating as it might sound. So um, yeah, I think those are basically the big things. Uh, and there's a lot of info in there. For sure, for sure. No, but I think it's very helpful too for people to know, you know, what sort of, uh, you know, how competitive the royalty and grant funds are, and then also the technology stack that they get, uh, which is why, you know, we we, a lot of, we direct a lot of our clients towards franchising. That's why they, they enjoy franchising. That's why they, they prefer it because it's basically they, they can kind of get every single aspect of the business covered all in one package. So, uh, Tutoring Club, I know you guys do a great job of that. Um, and, and want to thank you for your time and uh, insights today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you found today's learnings helpful for your entrepreneurial endeavors, I encourage you to follow us on our Vetted Biz YouTube channel. Also, our podcast episodes are available on every major podcast network. This includes Spotify, Google, and Apple. For Apple Podcasts, you can actually leave us up to a five-star rating and also give comments to see what type of feedback you'd like to see for future episodes. If you prefer, email me at patrick at vettedbiz.com with any questions, feedback, or suggested topics for future podcast episodes. Thanks again for listening today.